your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Holy moly, it's a Friday. It's like a news dump Friday almost, only this, these things don't seem like a news dump so much. Um, Anthony Trigoski, UW Lacrosse political science professor, is going to join me in just a couple of minutes. I should have just called him right now so we could just start it, start it up, but I will... I will just give you an update and what I looked at. I was holding out until literally the the final 30 seconds while the the intro guy starts talking, and I just posted the story. I hit publish now. Uh, Case updates, COVID-19 case updates, UW Lacrosse, 105 cases today. That's the update on the UWL dashboard. I should link to that. I will link to that in the story. Go to wisdomnews.com and and check it out uh, if you want to see the numbers. Um. 105 cases. That brings the total now in the last four days at UW Lacrosse alone to 202. Uh, the county, as for Lacrosse County, and I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh this. Lacrosse County, Cooley, COVID19. org page. I think. Let me let me do it. Let me do it right because it goes to it. Cooley COVID19. org. On that homepage, they're supposed to update the stats. They said they would update the stats daily. Yesterday was 89 cases, which was different from what the state had. Today hasn't been updated. So as of 5 p.m., no update. So if you go to state data, which I did next, 1,523 cases today. Total, not today alone, which you'd almost believe it, right? 1,523 cases uh, uh, today total, which uh, if you do the math from uh, yesterday, where is it? I'm finding it. Uh, anyway, it's it's like 75 cases today. So the state says 75 cases. Uh, UWL says 102 cases just at their campus. The, the the discrepancy here would be that UW Lacrosse runs up to 4:30 p.m. before they update their stats. Those numbers aren't going to get the state to the state until tomorrow. So the state update tomorrow might jump quite a bit in the county uh, because the the state sends out their stats pretty early in the afternoon. I think I want to say like. Two, three o'clock. Actually, I can tell you exactly what time the state does that. Because I haven't looked at the Wisconsin state numbers. Because if you haven't heard, there was a stabbing uh, in Lacrosse or in Onalaska last night or early this morning. I'm not exactly sure uh, what time of day it, it happened. But um, let's see, Wisconsin, 1,369 cases. So it's the 10th time in the state of Wisconsin we've had over 1,000 cases. And they put those out at exactly 2 p.m. So the state updates their stuff at around 2 p.m., which means anything that comes into the county after 2 p.m. isn't going to to get to uh, the state. So that's why the numbers are different, I believe. And uh, the the health department, when they were doing uh, daily stats, that's kind of that's kind of where they were at too. So anyway, uh, that's that's the case num- the case situation. 102 cases at UW Lacrosse, and we're at like 75 now. 105, I'm sorry, 105 cases at UW Lacrosse. They, they've got a, a very easy to see dashboard. We can look at the quarantine areas too. Um, they've got a quarantine. So UW Lacrosse has 140 spaces for quarantine. I think that was 130 yesterday. And uh, 74 of those spaces are now filled. So over half the spaces for quarantine are filled at UW Lacrosse four days into this. Interesting. Um, all right, so the stabbing situation, it may or may not have involved WIZM in, in some indirect way. 
it's really hard to hard to you, you can just you can kind of you can kind of think that it might have but uh somebody was apparently letting air out of bus tires yet last night at Stony Creek and some people saw him do that chased him and then uh that person that was letting the air out of the tires apparently stabbed somebody trying to chase him down. Almost like a Kenosha situation, a little bit. Only air and tires is a little different than shooting someone. And, uh, yeah, so they chased him down. Ended up in the median on Highway 16 in front of, like, Blaine's Farm and Fleet. And that's where he was arrested, but that's also where this guy stabbed somebody apparently seven times. And all because... Uh, it looks like he was letting air out of the tires. The, the, the person was dressed all in black, some 56-year-old man, 56, I believe, year old man from on Alaska, dressed all in black, letting air out of tires at Stony Creek and uh, ended up stabbing someone. His name's James Gallagher and ended up stabbing someone seven times. That person is okay from what, I, from what the police chief told me. Which is amazing, right? Like you stab seven times and you're okay. And okay in terms of he's not dead, I should say. I'm sorry. He's okay and he's not dead. So anyway, all right, I'm going to get to the news quick and then bring in UW lacrosse political science professor Anthony Tchaikovsky on. I'm doing the news too, but I recorded it. So just if you're watching on Facebook Live, it'll be like magic. Um, all right, stay tuned. We'll be back. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, text me, and I'll turn that on. I haven't done that yet. A little bit of a hectic day, Tregoski. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Anthony, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. Uh, sorry, political scientist, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. You, you do wear a face shield, right, when you teach now? Uh, not, not only that, I have a lab coat on as well. <laughs> And then you got to work on your like villain laugh. I'm thinking like uh, some Disney movie with the evil scientific villain. Um, only you're. Well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you, you know, you have to have the lab coat. You have to have the face shield, and you have to have the laugh down in order to. And you also have to be pouring different potions into like something that bubbles and explodes. I feel like the way the country is right now, the situation that we are in scientists with beakers and Bunsen burners aren't even the evil ones anymore. It is political scientists that are the evil ones. You are new, the new evil scientists. I think you guys are you're the, the, the root of all this problem. <laughs> well, yeah, Rick, that's you know, the laugh. The, the, Tregoski, the Democrats right who listen to me accuse me of being against them, and the Republicans who listen to me accuse me of being against them. So I, you might be onto something. You just sit back and you—that's <laughs> what you do on, during the break. You do your exactly. backwards, uh, your uh, Mr. Burns backwards hand gesture uh, from The Simpsons. Exactly, Rick. You know, you have to get the right mannerisms, and you have to have. You know, when you're doing this evil genius thing, you've got to have the right attitude about it. I feel like you just have like a nerdy laugh, though. You did it just before for a second. (laughs) It's not evil. you got to work on it. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay, so I I, want to get into the priest thing. That's what I'm calling it. And the stabbing thing and the... Stony Creek thing, but we're going to radio tease that to the second half of the hour. I don't. I think we'll need a little bit more time. 
because this uh, this thing that's not as important, the Wisconsin Supreme Court blocking absentee ballots, we can breeze through this real quick. <laughs> not as an important an issue as, you know, fake terrorists at a at a hotel in Alaska. But this actually, to be honest, though, this is uh, this seems like a pretty important deal. It seems very weird that we're blocking absentee ballots to get one person on the ballot, but not another. Can you can you describe the, the like, is it is it really important? Should we and, and where are we with this thing? Rick, I think that this is a incredibly important development in this election, Rick, because about one million voters in Wisconsin have gone ahead and requested a mail-in absentee ballot. And not only that, Rick, but almost 400,000 of those ballots have been prepared and like printed and they're ready to go. And in fact, some have even already been sent out. So you've got ballots in some cases that are going through the mail to the voter. Yeah, 300 and now 378,000. Court basically saying, "Hold on." 378,000 ballots apparently have been sent out. A million have been requested. Yeah. Um okay, and, then, wh- and why? Why are we halting halting this? I, I can you can you explain that for us dummies? Yeah, this is all about the ballot access rules for the state of Wisconsin third-party candidates trying to get on the ballot. And specifically, Rick, this concerns the Green Party candidate for president. And Rick, it's no accident that the decision broke down the way it was. It was a four to three decision with the four conservatives on one side and the three liberals on the other side. The four conservatives would seem to want the Green Party candidate to be on the ballot because you think about the Green Party, a very liberal party, it could potentially peel off some votes from the Democratic Party. Meanwhile, the liberal justices on the Supreme Court would not want the Green Party candidate to be on the ballot because, like I said, the presence of the Green Party could really harm the Democrats. Just think back to, like, Al Gore and Ralph Nader in 2000 and how Ralph Nader, you know, took away potentially some key votes from Al Gore. So this is a really big deal, Rick, because whether or not the third party candidates get on the ballot, that could just straight up decide the election in Wisconsin. So in in a in a in a decade when America is destroyed, Donald Trump's still president, we're going to point to Howie Hawkins. That's going to be <laughs> Well, Rick, I mean, this gets back to can Donald Trump hit 50 percent of the vote in Wisconsin? Because if Donald Trump can just get a clean majority of the vote, then none of this really matters. The reason that third parties might be relevant is because they might act as spoilers. They might take away some of the vote from one of the major party candidates. So one of the major party candidates can then win the election with under 50 percent of the vote. And, Rick, that is exactly what happened in Wisconsin with Donald Trump in 2016. He did not get 50 percent of the vote in Wisconsin. But nevertheless, he won because a good chunk of the vote went to these third party candidates. And so Donald Trump was able to pull it out in Wisconsin, even without getting to 50 percent of the vote. Yeah. So that's why this is relevant, not because these third party candidates have any chance, but because it means that, hey, you can win this election without having to even get half of the voters. 
I will say, as much as Donald Trump rips on CNN for fake news and whatnot, they they do a pretty good job summing this up because it was the first thing I I clicked on because I I've been do, it's been hectic the last couple hours. Um, but but they they really sum up all this stuff. And in 2016, Green Party candidate Jill Stein received 31,072 votes in Wisconsin. Donald Trump won by a margin of 22,748. So right there, Jill Stein, we got to point to her. It's her fault. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why in many ways the Green Party is a major nemesis of the Democratic Party, because, you know, these Green Party voters, I mean, the assumption is and, and you know, maybe this isn't a good assumption. Maybe it is. But the assumption is that the Green Party voters, the few thousand of them that there are, would vote for the Democrat if the Green Party candidate were not on the ballot. And, Rick, to the extent that that assumption is true, then the Democrats should be desperate to not have the Green Party on the ballot. And, you know, like you said, with Jill Stein in 2016, you move her voters to Hillary Clinton and the election could have been much different. Okay, so we can we can then go liberal judges just want this the green party off of it or we could say conservative judges want it but but is what's the rule like do you know are you an expertise in this like that is is one side of this voting the wrong way because we're trying to sneak a green party candidate on there did the green party are they skating by some rules because kanye west isn't on the ballot either Well, Rick, I think that you really can just boil this down to the ideology of the judges, because you have seven smart people. Let's just say that there are seven smart people on the Supreme Court who four of them view the ballot access rules in one way. Three of them view it in a completely different way. So there just seems to be some kind of confusion going on right now about what exactly the ballot access rules mean. And this is just creating a massive headache for clerks around the state who were basically getting ready to get those ballots out the door and are now in kind of a state of limbo because what will the court do in the future? Will the court make a ruling today? Will the court make a ruling next week? It just adds, Rick, a tremendous amount of uncertainty to the process of getting these ballots out the door. And, Rick, once again, the reason this matters is because of the tremendous numbers of people who plan to vote absentee by mail. The Marquette poll that came out this week said that 32 percent of Wisconsin voters are planning to vote absentee by mail. So if you screw around with the process, if, if there's there are bumps in the road in getting 32 percent of the voters their ballot, then that could really have important implications for this election. Did they literally mail out the ballots or did they just create them at this point? I think some have actually been mailed, Rick. And and then the question is, well, what happens to those people who were already mailed the ballot? Right. Because if you were to have to add a candidate to the ballot, you would have to reprint every ballot. Right. And the question just is, like, is that physically possible to do in the time that they have and with the resources that they have. Yeah. It says in the story says 378,000 ballots have been prepared. I don't know if they've been mailed, but if we, you know, if we take any, some of that number, 378,000 is a lot. And now people are going to get another ballot. Now they're going to have two ballots. They're going to vote twice. 
Well, Rick, you know, the, this process, you know, political scientists, one thing that we study is the extent to which, like, do voters fill out their ballot correctly, basically? You know, like, like, do voters have their vote thrown out because they messed something up in the process of filling out their ballot? And one thing that we find, Rick, is that with mail-in ballots, a lot more ballots get disqualified than the ballots that are cast in person because there's some administrative thing or the voter didn't quite fill out the ballot correctly. So if you add this confusion in addition to the confusion that many voters already have when it comes to filling out their mail-in ballot correctly, you know, I, what else is new there, Rick? I mean, chaos in Wisconsin elections and just massive curveballs being tossed our way, you know, know, as we go toward Election Day, I, I mean, you know, this is just <laughs> this is both a chaotic situation, but I think chaos is kind of the norm for Wisconsin politics. Is Wisconsin the new Florida in this regard? <laughs> or not? It can't be. Yet. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Rick, and, and buckle up for Florida, too, because that's going to be another close state. And so, I mean, like if this election ends up being close and it very well could because the Wisconsin polls indicate a close race. The Florida polls indicate a close race. Lots of ba- uh, battleground state polls indicate a close race. And so these like administrative items, ad- election administration becomes a really important issue in a close election. All right. So it's just so hard to wrap. From, from the, the Wisconsin Supreme Court seems to be, will this, can this go beyond the Wisconsin Supreme Court or not? Well, the only way it could go, Rick, would be to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, you know, they could they could weigh in on on something that the Wisconsin. I mean, they're like the highest court above the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. But I think Rick, what we're going through right now is just being in a holding pattern and waiting to see. Well, what are they going to rule when it comes to this Green Party candidate? Do the ballots have to be reprinted or not? Do the people who have been mailed a ballot, like, what do they do? So I think right now, like I said, there are really just more questions than answers when it comes to this whole situation. And gosh, Rick, just for the sake of this being a clean election, we need clarity as soon as possible. Yeah, it doesn't make, yeah, I mean, you just look at the last election in Wisconsin, we had Supreme Court ruling that, you know, throwing out some other ballots and making people go, like, it was just a mess there. Like, it, like, yeah, let's just continue the mess, Wisconsin. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, it's, 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 our, it's our motto, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think you're onto something in calling us the new Florida. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Dr. Anthony Chagoski is going to join us. We're going we're gonna to talk about the, the whole situation with the James Altman, the priest at the St. James Church. Um, Donald Trump said some crazy stuff about the Bob Wood, Woodward uh, interview. I don't even, it's Donald Trump's interview. So I, I can't even, it's one of them things that's hard to wrap my head around. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to hit Scott's comment, uh, me on the news, and we'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Dr. Anthony Chagoski, UW lacrosse political scientist is on with us. He's going to join us this hour. Uh, hey, thanks for doing this again. It's super. Fridays are super fun when you come on, and, and, and everyone's in a good mood on Friday, I think. Who doesn't love Friday, Rick? <laughs> um, people that, that have to work Saturday, I think. Huh? Yeah, true, true. Um, and, and journalists, usually, because there's usually a Friday news dump. 
but I'm not national journalist. Now, I, yeah, you don't usually have to, to worry about that too much unless I have to put something on the internet. Um, just, just to, uh, to go back a little bit to our conversation, libertarian guy's pretty mad at you. He says, uh, he, you're being dismissive of third party candidates access to major parties. And I was trying to argue with him. I'm like, you're not actually being dismissive. It sounds like the liberal judges are on the Wisconsin Supreme Court maybe doing that. Well, yeah, Rick. I mean, this is all about political strategy, and this is all about how the two major parties perceive the third parties. You know, it's, I don't have any personal bias against third parties at all. I'm just saying that the two major parties do not want to see third parties peeling away votes from them. And so I'm, all I'm saying is that it makes perfect sense that the Republicans would love to see a candidate on the ballot who could peel away votes from Joe Biden. And of course, the Democrats would want to avoid that. So, you know, and I mean, that the whole issue of uh, should we have more third party candidates? Should it be easier for them to get on the ballot? Like, that's a worthwhile discussion. But just as a matter of straight up political strategy, I mean, the two major parties want to maintain their dominance. And and that's that at the end of the day. I had a friend argue with me that if third party candidates want to make an impact instead of like always running for president, hey, maybe start somewhere else like at the Senate or in Congress or city council. I don't know. Like it's usually you don't call your city council people Democrats or conservatives, but where could they start? They need to start at a little bit lower tier, right, and work their way up, or are they doing this already? Well, that's exactly right, Rick. The the few places where third-party candidates have had some success is at those lower-level races, like city council races, those races where you might have, you know, a, a decent group of people who do favor the Green Party, and you can get a majority or at least a good chunk of the vote. So, yeah, those lower-level races. But, Rick, as you get to the higher-stakes races, you know, as you talk about U.S. Senate, as you talk about governors, as you talk about president, then people start to worry that they are wasting their vote on a third party. And, again, yeah, I'm not saying that's good or bad, that's right or wrong. It's just the psychology of voters. So a Republican who might vote for the libertarians, you know, like libertarian guy, you know, the reason that more Republicans don't do that is they think that they would be wasting their vote on the libertarian party. And the same thing for the Democrats with the Green Party. They're worried that they're wasting their vote and that they're helping the other major party win if they don't vote for the major party that is kind of like the closest to their views. So there's a lot of psychology that goes into this in terms of, you know, people in high stakes elections just really being worried about wasting their vote. And so they go with a safe option, the option of a candidate who they think has a chance to win. And and that just ends up being one of the two major parties. And the reason why we're having this discussion is because the Wisconsin Supreme Court is essentially essentially ruled right the to halt the 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 mailing out of absentee ballots uh, until they can figure out whether or not uh howie something i forgot his name now howie can be on the on the ballot in terms <laughs> in the green party and also right right they're going to do this they're going to eventually whether or not they put them on the ballot okay whatever and then let's say they just send out the ballots um isn't kanye west going through the courts right now too won't that eventually go to the wisconsin supreme court well, that, that is going through the courts. And, you know, Rick, it's all about this very interesting question. You know, if you turn in your ballot at 
if you turn in your uh, your ballot ac- access forms at say five o'clock and forty five seconds, but the deadline is five o'clock, did you meet the deadline or did you miss the deadline? No. So that's... some some really weird issues playing out in this Kanye West lawsuit. Well, also, I saw that Mickey Mouse signed one of those where you have to get so many signatures. I don't know <laughs> if that was Wisconsin, but that was another state. The dude has like Mickey Mouse signing his his things. That was probably Florida. Well, yeah. Well, well, Rick, you know, people are paid to gather these uh, these signatures, uh, and that's exactly what was happening with the Kanye West presidential campaign. Uh, there were people funding uh, people who would go out and gather these signatures, but of course, some people who sign these petitions aren't exactly being serious. Yeah. And then I could just see, like, it, it, yeah, it's going to go through the courts. We're going to have this whole situation again. The Wisconsin, oh, we got to, we got to bring back all the ballots because now we have to put Kanye West on it. So I don't know. It just seems kind of a we're, we're the new Florida. Just, just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, the the the, and this is kind of a man. It's a stepping stone to where we're at right now in terms of in terms of uh, this stabbing that happened in on Alaska. But one could argue. A little bit. It, it started uh, right after the Republican National Convention. Uh, a priest on the north side at St. James the Less, which is, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know enough about church and Jesus, why it's called the Less, but whatever. Um, he, he made some pretty divisive comments. That's uh, been, you know, it's, it's been, go, it's gone viral. Have, has, is this something pretty typical in a in a presidential election where everybody gets in on politics, or is this is this guy kind of out there in, in what he did? Rick, I was doing some research on this, and I think it's pretty clear to me looking at the data why this caused a stir. I was looking at a poll conducted last year by the Pew Research Center. And 63% of Americans said that churches and houses of worship should keep out of political matters. And 76% of Americans said that churches and houses of worship should not come out in favor of one candidate over another. So, Rick, I think that this just caused a stir because it goes against what the majority of the public thinks that religious institutions should do. Yeah, it always comes back to, hey, if you want to dive into politics, then pay taxes, right? That's I see that a lot. Churches don't pay taxes or something. Well, that's right, Rick. And, you know, the thing about Catholics is that they're a, a diverse group. Um, and I was looking through some other data, and in fact, uh, 37% of white Catholics voted for Hillary Clinton in the 2016 presidential election, and 74% of Latino Catholics voted for Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. So hey, just, I, mean, I think that's probably another reason why this is causing a stir, is because there are lots of Catholics Catholics who, whatever you think of the two candidates, I mean, lots of the fact is that lots of Catholics did vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. And if you go by that, James Altman says all those Catholics are going to hell. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he was not shy in the language that he used. And and so, you know, he's challenging people within his church. Plus, he's going against what the majority of the public think that the role of religious institutions in politics should be. So I, I'm not shocked at all that there is some tension over this and that and that this has caused a stir in our community. Here's just a snippet. Um, I, I don't know if I just played this during the news. I hope it's a different one. So just quit pretending that you're Catholic and vote Democrat. 
Repent of your support of that party and its platform or face the fires of hell. Yes, Virginia, there is a hell. I don't know who Virginia is, but he's talking to her, I guess. And um, I, it, it's just, it, is Be- was Beethoven a, ca- a Democrat? Do we know? <laughs> Were there Democrats? <laughs> Because Beethoven's probably pretty mad that this song is playing in the background. I think I, I look it up. Beethoven uh, Symphony Number no. Seven. So, I don't know. Do you know who would Beethoven have voted for in 2016? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Beethoven. <laughs> this is something you know. Maybe next week, if you come on Friday, maybe dive into uh, Beethoven's uh, political leanings. <laughs> is there a descendant of Beethoven that that says, "Hey, don't." You can't play like, you know, a lot of these artists, when Trump plays music at his rallies are like, um, you don't get to play. Don't play my music at your rallies. Uh, does does Beethoven, is there a descendant of Beethoven that says, yeah, don't play music, don't play music in, in your political, you know, discussions? Yeah, like the, the like uh, the, the heir of the Beethoven fortune. Yeah, because we see this with Prince, you know, once Prince died, I, I think all Prince's songs came off of YouTube or they were never on YouTube when he was alive. They might be on there now, but man, it is really hard. I don't think I can play Prince songs, um, you know, as my bumper music during the show. No, yeah, and Rick, you do see this in like every campaign season. Like this is one of the few constants of like every presidential campaign that one of the candidates will play a certain band's music and they'll complain. The truth is that they can't really do much about it. They can just make it clear to the public that they disapprove of that candidate and don't approve of that candidate playing their music. But uh, that, like, this happens like in every presidential uh, campaign. So this is nothing new. Maybe there are just more artists than usual speaking out now, though. All right, so we, we go from libertarian guy is going to call in. He's going to yell at you, Chagoski. So I'm going to let him yell Uh-oh. at you a little. He's going to say he's not going to yell at you because I, like I like to use the word yell. So uh, libertarian guy, go ahead. Thanks, Rick, for taking the call. Yeah, no problem. Hey, I just had to get in on this conversation because there are just so many points I'd love to make. And to be able to speak to Anthony Chagoski, I think, would be, be pretty cool. You got a minute. But if I may, I, 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 okay. I just wanted to point out that people who vote for for third-party candidates, we do that because we really want true change. And I, I, I don't like the idea that we're peeling away votes from other people because the major parties, they're not entitled to those votes. They aren't their votes. They're our votes as citizens. And so we vote for the third party because we don't like either of the major party candidates. And I know that sounds oh, too bad, but... The major party candidates do everything, and you said this yourself, Anthony, they do everything they possibly can to prevent third parties from having a voice. Every election, we're denied participation in the debates. Every election, they, they, they create barriers. And not only do they create barriers to getting on the ballot, they move the goalposts. To get into the debates, you have to poll well. Well, you know what they do? They don't include us in the polls. If they're included at all, they list us as other. And so I, I, I had to make that point. And I know you guys, Rick, you said that he wasn't being dismissive, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk over you, but it, you just said the two candidates, and there very likely will be four candidates on the ballot this year. Lastly, and I'll stop talking here, is the the idea that that we that we're not relevant. We are 
there there is enough difference in the number of people that vote for a third party that it actually does impact the election. And so some of those things just just needed to be said. All right, thanks, Libertarian guy, for the call. You, you got to come back, Tregoski. Yeah, well, I I feel Libertarian guy's pain. I, I I really do, and I know that there are people out there who sincerely believe in third party platforms, just as Libertarian guy does. You know, the the cold reality though is that. The two party, the two major parties view third parties exactly as Libertarian Guy pointed out. And Libertarian Guy made a terrific point. It's not just the ballot access laws, though the ballot access laws are a big barrier for third parties in getting on the ballot, but the debates as well. Like in 2016, the threshold for making one of the presidential debates was to be polling at 15 percent. And Gary Johnson, the leading third-party candidate, simply wasn't even in the ballpark of that 15 percent mark. But that 15 percent standard did not come out of nowhere. It came out of a desire to keep third-party candidates out of the debate. Where, where so can, I, I very much sympathize with Libertarian Guy. Where in Wisconsin could we start? Because I think this problem gets solved with, and I don't want to do a whole show on ranked choice voting because we have like one minute to talk yet, but where can we start ranked choice voting? Because if people started to figure out how that works, then this problem's solved, right? Uh, you know, ranked choice voting, I think, would be an interesting reform to explore, Rick, because, like I said, the major obstacle to third parties is that voter psychology, the psychology that people will be wasting their vote if they vote for a third party. And and again, I feel the pain of the third parties so that lots of people think that way. But, yeah, you know, if you can design a ballot or design a system that gets people out of that system of thinking, that gets people out of that wasted vote mentality, then you might see third parties have more success. So I think this is a great example of how the rules could be changed. I mean, we could we don't have to have the laws that we do. It just so happens that the laws that we do are advantageous to maintaining a two-party system. Yeah, and we can't even debate in, in our government. So, Tregoski, I'll leave you this, with this. This uh, may have started uh, the incident last night. Uh, we may have started it uh, on WISM yesterday. Here's, here's uh, quote-unquote Joe talking. Joe is calling in with some more breaking news for us, Mayor. Uh, brace yourself. Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. So right now, Mayor, you have eight busloads of out-of-town terrorists organizing at the Stony Creek Inn. And I'll just leave it at that because i got to go. But, Jurgasi, that's what started it all. <laughs> okay, well, well, what a question to give Cabot. Yeah, well, I told, Cabot answers every question. Like, people call in, <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I, I try to screen the calls a little bit, and then I'm just like, hey, Cabot, here's the question. Get ready. Uh, but yeah, that, thanks. Should be, that should be his campaign motto. There is no question crazy enough for me to dismiss. <laughs> Cabot answers them all. All right. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. See ya. All right. We got to take another quick break. We'll be back after this. I was. All right. Just a little uh, minute. We got a whole minute to wrap up the show here. Thanks to Dr. Anthony Chagoski for joining on another Friday. It's always fun to have him on. And on a Friday, I think everyone's in a, a little bit of a better mood. 
Uh, check out wisdomnews.com. There's there's the story on the this this man that was arrested in a stabbing incident last night. Very a little strange in that in that it it maybe he was listening to the show, heard the rumors of terrorists, and had to go let some air out of the tires. It's not out of the question that he was listening to Joe, who was not this man. Joe called in a little earlier, and I talked to him off the air. So Joe, I'm glad that you you didn't uh, go out to Stony Creek and start letting air out of the tires. Um, also, COVID-19 numbers, statistics not updated by the La Crosse County Health Department today like they said they were going to do daily. So there's that. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.